Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Yes, yes, yes. Butterflies in the sky. I can sing twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. Did you miss me? That's right, folks. We are back after missing a week. We are back in full effect. I'm sorry we had to do that to you guys, but it was a snowstorm, and it is what it is. Fran's car is very uh, Fred Flintstone-esque, and you can't (laughs) run your car here when it's slippery on the ground. Is that right, Fran? No, no, that's not right. Uh Oh. No, I just have rear-wheel drive. I can't be... I wouldn't. I would have been driving in donuts trying to. And, do I, that. and I wouldn't request you to. So for the safety of a Fran Star, we had to just put that on hiatus. But we are back, folks. Yes, sir. Welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up, Fran? How have you been on this week off? Uh, good, man. Uh, I had my first, my first ever. It feels kind of weird. My first ever uh, parent teacher conference. Whoa, that's weird. Yeah. That's weird. Was Yo. Stephanie sitting there like, oh, she's lying, Dad. She's lying. No. <laughs> well, you mean me. Sophia? No. Yeah. She oh, was Sophia. Like, yeah, she was off. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <for business. laughs> oh, that's weird. Yeah, man. man. It was. It was. Uh... <sighs> calling you like Mr. Evans, the yeah, teacher? Yeah, man. Weird. It's like, it made me nervous. I was sitting there like, I remember being yeah, in the it's other like seat. Just, it's like it's just yesterday. <laughs> it's crazy. Coming man. home just... to get the progress report like, oh, I got all yeah. ones on this. Yeah, man. My mom's going to fuck me up. <sighs> And now that's you. Life hits. It's oh my god, man! I just it does, man. We got some uh, do, we got some dose of realities this yeah. this, this past <laughs> week. Uh, you in a, a paternal in a paternal way, and me just in life in general. I thought I was goddamn LeBron James, mm-hmm. and now I will not be able to walk for about ten weeks. Mm. Uh, I ruptured my Achilles uh, last Wednesday, a week ago, and it was such a dose of reality that it, it, it's crazy. I, I really, I left work. And just went straight to get my clothes, went straight to play basketball, and was like, I'm still 16. Let's play five games of basketball straight. And uh, <laughs> I tried to, you know, do an Allen Iverson crossover and mm. snatched my whole shit out of my foot. Mm. And uh, I, I drove home because I'm a gangster. So I, I did I, I did put some pressure on it. I didn't go to the uh, hospital till the next day. And uh, I was informed that I, my Achilles is ruptured. And I have surgery next Friday, the 25th of January, and uh, I'm out of commission heavy. Mm. So look forward to the uh, the podcast will not be late again. If Fran can't record at any point in the next 15 <laughs> weeks, I will I will crawl up those steps on my ass and record it by myself with uh, Theodore as my second mic because I'm in the house watching all the shit. Rewatched the whole R. Kelly shit again. Wow. Watched uh, Jeepers Creepers 3. Just I mean, anything that's on, I just I'm, been catching. I'm, I feel sorry for you. I hope you, uh, you know, I wish you a speedy recovery. Appreciate it. But I'm not not saying I want to get hurt. Yeah. But I just need uh, just a long, a long, a long break. Time. I need a long break. I mean, let's not have it be that. <laughs> you know, I, I don't not, wish you that. Get, right. You right. right I don't wish that upon you. <laughs> uh, maybe a vacation, or you know, so maybe yeah. hit the lottery. I hope. I hope it yeah. for you in the most positive of ways. Yeah. Never that, because yeah. I mean. Uh, I don't know if I have a, a high pain threshold, but everybody that I've told what happened to me, they're like, oh my God, I hear that's like the worst. That's like the most painful thing ever. Oh, and it doesn't feel like that to me. It does hurt. But I mean, um, picturing I, it sounds super painful. For sure. I, they say you can hear it. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it snatch. I uh, felt it. Felt like somebody kicked me in the back of my foot. But um, it's an eight. 
But when somebody goes, when I tell them, they're like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. it should be like a 12 out of 10. Yeah. And it wasn't. You know, I didn't go to the emergency room when it happened. I went to the urgent care the next day. And, you know, and I, they put a space boot on me eventually. And now mm. I can't really move it, so I don't feel much of anything. It is weird to go to the bathroom with a moon boot on your foot and crutches. So, you know, I've never really been incapacitated like this before. Mm-hmm. But I'm learning my little tricks of the trade, you know, like so I can get a nice spread on the toilet. I kick my shorts off. And kick my good my good leg out of the shorts. Yeah. And just leave them leave them on the right foot because that's the bad foot. Yeah. Leave the shorts on the right foot. Then when I'm done, finagle my up foot back in the foot uh-huh. hole, and I'm good to go. Do you got to you got to buy a new pack of underwear? You know you got to cut them. You got to cut you got to cut your underwear. I haven't been wearing underwear. Oh, okay. I haven't been. I've been just All going right. commando. I've been, okay. I have a, I have a I have a plethora of uh, I'm sure you do too. Just house shorts. Yeah, basketball. I hope basketball. Bunch of them. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not that for me anymore. <laughs> they won't be that for me for about a year. But they're just shorts. I got a plethora of those. Yeah. I just free ball those. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to the MRI place and they were like, "Okay, here's your little scrubs to put on to get in the machine. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just leave your underwear on." I don't. I don't. It's, it's real awkward to tell a grown person like I'm not wearing any underwear and try not to have it sound seductive. So Wait, I, you had to put on a what? They give you like scrubs. I don't know if it's every place, but at the MRI place, you don't get like a, you know, the little dress with the ass out. Yeah, let they your get, ass breathe. Yeah, no, they, they <laughs> just give you scrubs. Cause I went, when I got there, I was like, damn, I'm not wearing any underwear. So this is gonna be real awkward. My cheeks is just gonna be out. But then I went into the little changing room and she gave me scrub pants oh, okay. and a scrub All right. top. All right. So she said, you can just leave, you can just leave your underwear on. I said, I'm not wearing any of those. Okay, that's fine. You can just leave your shorts on. <laughs> They're extra large, so they should be able to go over the shorts. And, you know, if not, that's that's no problem. So that was a little awkward <laughs> to tell that to a person. It's weird to say that out loud. You know, like, I'm not wearing any underwear and not sound like a come on. So that was a little weird, but I got my MRI done. And, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, so I had my next appointment next week. And, you know, we go from there. Mm. And, you know, just, you know, wish the best for me, folks. Um, anyway, that's enough of that. Fran, <laughs> I got a couple topics I wanted to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the reasons we started this podcast, I remember, is we got tired of, everybody was talking about the same, you know, six, seven stories all the time. Every podcast was talking about uh, Charles Manson, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Ted Bundy, uh, John Wayne Gacy, and, you know, and, and God rest her, skull, her soul, but I mean, like the JonBenet Ramsey story, just, it's all these different layers, and you just, so many, there's a lot of people that have been, serial killers that have been murdered that are stories that aren't getting light shed upon them and this past week i found out that there's a ted bundy documentary coming out on netflix with exclusive jailhouse interview uh audio that they're going to interweave into a whole thing and the first thing i thought was like again oh this is not a document this is not the movie no but there is a movie coming out too with zach efron but this is the rollout this is what they do i remember when uh the uh, steve carell and channing tatum did a movie called fox catcher a couple years ago it was about this guy who was a wrestler and the guy this other guy was rich and he really liked wrestling Mm -hmm. and he got into it but he wasn't good at it and anyway he went crazy and like killed the guy they put a documentary out first just to kind of get the feelers out there like Mm -hmm. hey this is the story people watch the documentary get up oh this is amazing this story's crazy then like six months to a year later the movie comes out Mm. and the movie was pretty good it was weird for steve carell especially i watch him in the office like every day five i watch like five episodes of the office every day period at minimum (laughs) so it was it was kind of weird to see him he had like fake teeth and he was doing an accent and everything it was dramatic it wasn't funny Mm -hmm. but this is what they do they put out the feelers for the documentary and then eventually they get like the biopic jumping off mm-hmm. if if it gets legs and ted bundy's story has had legs for years because it's so complicated he was handsome he liked to eat people apparently he he had the missing dog store you know he had this whole you know thing of how he got people to come back with him and his charm mm-hmm. and now you're gonna find out more about that which i mean i thought i knew about just about everything i need to know about ted bundy so when i read when i found out about it i was like oh but i'm gonna watch it you know it like out the 25th or the 26th of January, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. On Netflix? Mm-hmm, on Netflix. Hmm, I'm excited. Um, huh? I'm excited about You're that. Exci- yeah, I mean, I, I like to I like to think, you know, uh, you know, we're doing this podcast and we want to tell stories that aren't been heard before and fuck that Ted Bundy story, but I'm going to watch it. Oh, yeah. So it was all, you know, it's all a facade. Everybody's going to watch it. Everybody's going to watch it, especially everybody in the true crime community. Yeah. It's, it's, everybody's going to watch it. It's captivating. It's one of the craziest true crime stories ever is Ted Bundy. But I did try to have that, like, that's not, we focus on, you know, 
other stories. You know, we focus on minority-driven true crime stories. And fuck Ted Bundy. I'm going to watch it, though. Yeah. You know, regardless of if I was incapacitated or not, I definitely will watch it. But especially now. So I'm a fraud. We're frauds. You <laughs> know, we still believe in what we believe in. But, yeah, no, Ted Bundy, this story is um very intriguing and crazy. And I'm going to watch it. So. I mean, he is on Mount Rushmore, though. Of what? Serial killers. I mean, I think it's weird that you have a Mount Rushmore of people that are, but like, you know. but is the Grim Sleeper on there? Because his document, that documentary that they did for his personally, Grim Sleeper, yes, I like it, and I, I love Pam, but that was a low budget documentary, man. Yeah, and it's not on Netflix. You can't. I don't know where to. I don't even know where you can catch that no. except buy it on iTunes, like I did. Why doesn't the Grim Sleeper deserve? You know, I mean, his he wasn't as intricate, but he did not get caught for like 25 years. Yeah. That's a crazy story as yeah. well, you know? One of my favorite. Yeah. I mean, it's insane, you know? Uh, But it is what it is. Anyway, moving on from that, uh, I want to give a shout out to um Jamie Kloss, which is the story that um really took people's hearts uh the past week and raised a cool question that I want to ask you because I, I, I think the answer is yes when I get to it. But Jamie Kloss was this girl from, I think, Wisconsin, I believe. She was kidnapped in October. Mm-hmm. Both her parents were found dead and she was missing in October. And I think um, this month at day like 88, news came out that she had escaped from her captors and was found alive. Mm -hmm. So she survived, you know, a kidnapping. And that beats every every statistic is like if you don't find a kid within 30 days, they're probably dead. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't find them within 24 hours, it's even less than 30 days. It's like if within the first 72 hours, they're probably dead. Mm -hmm. You're probably looking for a corpse at that point, especially if it's somebody who's not blood related. Mm -hmm. Um but she beat all those odds. I really hope this isn't some crazy. I don't I hope there's not because she was young. She she is young. I think she's like 14 years old. So I don't think there's gonna be some crazy story where it's like her boyfriend killed her parents for the insurance money and then it was their plan and she was safe somewhere and then mm-hmm. pretended like she escaped. I haven't done like in depth research on her escape and everything like that, so I don't know. I don't believe that's the case, but that's where my mind always goes. I'm a you know I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to give a congratulations to her. The question that came up was, does Jamie Kloss deserve the $50,000 reward for somebody finding or getting information about her being captive? Does she deserve the money since she got herself out? Does she deserve the money? Yeah. They got money put aside to go to somebody for any kind of tip or finding her. She found herself. I would give it to her. I mean, you definitely should give it to her. She's going to definitely probably, you know, if her parents looked out for her, some kind of life insurance policy or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, what's the the money was set aside. You know, she got herself out. And the people that I think she was on, found on the side of a road, there's people that pulled over. Mm-hmm. They even said, like, we don't want the money because we didn't get her out. She should get the money. Mm-hmm. So even the, the only, the next of kin in the situation of, like, I mean, we found her technically, but we don't want the money. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. She found herself. She got herself out. So we, we think she should get the money. Nah. Most I likely, think yeah. People so fucked up. <clears throat> I think they were like they probably be like, well, yeah, nobody, nobody found her. So yeah, so we'll nobody just put gets the money. But then always the question with those kind of things, because remember America's most wanted and all that kind of stuff, where's the money go? Somebody got that money. If she doesn't get that money, it doesn't just like not exist anymore. Somebody put that money in their pocket, you know, because that money was probably collected government from um, somebody in the government probably yeah. but that money comes from like you know people making donations people wanting you know build that reward up start to find Jamie fund on GoFundMe or whatever the case may be and they have the money in a in a pot that money goes somewhere mm-hmm. so I'm always inquisitive I don't think they about give that. it to her I don't know nah. I, I hope so you know um, but um, congratulations I don't know congratulations is, I don't know if that's the word but like I'm happy that yeah. she escaped and got herself out and, and, and is, is home safe even though home is a pretty traumatic situation right now because both her parents are dead. Speaking of conspiracies, something has been, you know, pissing me off for the past two weeks. I'm I'm sick of it, and I I wanted to bring it here and discuss it with you, friend, mm-hmm. as two adults with you know we we work and we make our own money, and Twitter has been shaming people for having wires in their ears for the past like month and a half now. Pretty much since after Christmas, the AirPod, uh standing has gone up a thousand percent and i'm getting sick of it man i've been seeing people say like oh putting people putting putting up videos like oh man smells like broken here when you walk into a room somebody's (laughs) listening to music on uh wires there was another video i saw some dude like went up to a girl and it was staged but it was still the the message is what i don't like the girl was listening to music on her headphones she had wires he walks up to her with his airpods in and puts a hundred dollars in her face and she's like what is oh well i figured you um, 
we're homeless, so I wanted to give you a hundred dollars. <laughs> what? What? Obviously, I'm not homeless. Well, I couldn't tell because you know, there's your your AirPods have wires. You know, so I genuinely am under the belief that Apple infiltrated Twitter, paid off you know a handful of influencers, people with you know a lot of followers on their Twitter accounts to make content that like shames people into buying AirPods or you're broke. The yeah. same way they did with iPhones, the green bubble. I think that Apple has a history of this that is just not being exposed. Uh, people green bubble shaming you. Like, if you don't have iMessage, then you're uh, broke. Yeah. Uh, Android phones, there are some expensive Android phones. You know, like the yeah. S5. And all, so shaming people because their bubbles aren't blue made them kind of get this monopoly on phones. Like, everybody has an iPhone, pretty much. And anybody who doesn't, you're kind of like, all right, man, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. Or they're like, oh, <laughs> Your phone just started doing that? My Android did that five years. Like, oh, I don't care, man. I really. Mm. <laughs> but that's my, the arrogance that Apple and, and Twitter and, and, and social media has given me where it's like, but it's not an iPhone, though. You know, where mm. I just, people come to me like, yeah, but your phone doesn't have an extor- external memory card. It's like, it, I don't care, man. It doesn't, it's not an iPhone. Mm. So you're less than. And I think that pattern is repeating itself with these AirPods because like, who gives a shit if the, the, your headphones have wires in them? And AirPods cost $150. Yeah, I mean, on Twitter, it was like, you know, something, somebody come up with a uh, uh, a tweet like, oh, you know, I can't hear broke with my, my AirPods. Yeah, I mean, they really, <laughs> that, look, I'm I not going like, to lie, wow. the, the shit they say is hilarious. hilarious. Oh, yeah, most It's definitely. hilarious, but it's also shaming people into buying something that they might not have bought if it wasn't a status symbol. People are making these kind of memes like, oh, yeah, if you have AirPods in, you're, you look wealthy. It's like, what? I didn't buy AirPods because I thought I, it looked a certain kind of way. But this is a new, it's not new though. He did this when we was with Jordans back in the day. Yeah, but But like, it's just not, it's not with social media though. Yeah, but it's the, it's the fact that they're headphones, man. And it's not the fact, like if it, people saying Jordans, you know, are nice and you should get Jordans because they make you look cooler. I didn't see people saying like, Unless it was something crazy like Shaq shoes, mm-hmm. no, no, no diss to Shaq shoes, but Shaq shoes might catch the the heat of like you're wearing Shaq shoes. Yeah, but nobody was like, oh, you're wearing Adidas and not Jordans. Mm-hmm. Well, you must be poor. Like it wasn't this where if you have headphones with wires, or even if you have wireless headphones that aren't AirPods, it's, it's not Bluetooth headphones. They're not saying if you don't have wireless headphones, if you don't you're have broke. If you don't have AirPods specifically, and that's why it feels like marketing, and like we're being controlled. Well, not me, because I'm not, I'm not going around. My dog ate my left AirPod, mm-hmm. so I only have a right one. I'm not going to buy new AirPods to have two, you know? And I didn't buy them for some kind of status symbol because they cost $150. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's not a lot of money because I know, you know, $150 is a lot of money to some people. But that's not a lot of money to be like, well, <laughs> I'm wealthy now. Let me tap my ear and now uh, my let my AirPods hang. It's yeah. like they aren't they don't cost that much money for it to be a status symbol and people be shaming people. I mean, I think it's like now it's like it's a part of a style. Like you walk around with them. And yeah, you it's eat. like part of your fashion. Yeah. People putting... You can change the colors of them and yeah. shit like that. But it's like, I don't know, man. I just don't like the idea of something not costing a lot of money. So people, well, not not that it doesn't cost a lot of money. I don't want to say that. But f- for what they're saying, it gives you this sense of like wealth and cool and all this kind of stuff. And if you don't have them, then you're not cool and you're not wealthy and you look broke and whatever. When... You know, $150 might not be a lot of money to some people, but what it is is if everybody buys the AirPods, Apple makes a bunch of money. Yeah. And that's really the only person winning in this whole situation because, like, honestly, I, I like the AirPods, but there's better Bluetooth headphones out there. There's there's better sounding ones. There's better ones that stay in your ear better. Like, I think the, the, the Drake Beat ones have a wire on them automatic already, so they kind of just go around the back of your neck and they hook and all this. So they definitely have their downfalls to them. So... Why are why is it like oh if you don't have AirPods you're broke, mm. you know? So I just I just feel like yeah. I feel like Apple infiltrated social media and paid some people to say some things like that and kind of got the snowball rolling. But now the snowball has gotten so big that it's out of control now. It's like people are it's like just a given. Like oh yeah, if you have AirPods, you you're a baller, and they cost one hundred and fifty dollars, man. I mean I have them too, but it's not like I never been like you never you don't flex the AirPods. Yeah, you just put them on because you want to listen to. And I still have, I still use my core headphones. 
Thank you. It's, you don't just <laughs> throw them away my... now because you got the, the the battery dies. Like it's just it's crazy, man. I I, I mean, but can you blame the owner though? I mean, the people that run Apple. No, if that's what if if that's what happened, and I genuinely believe that's what it was. It was genius because it's working. That is crazy. It's because it's because it's working. I refuse to believe mm. that that's just a coincidence that now Apple is going to make a billion dollars off these AirPods because Black Twitter just decided to make a meme. And now the meme is out of control. It's like Bird Box. Yeah. You know, I think Bird Box people probably were the first people to get those first little feelers out there of the memes. And then Black Twitter again kind of caught the and people getting in their bathtubs. And you know what was yeah. happening. Now it's out of control. Yeah. People driving blindfolded. And that shit is. Now, again, everything kind of snowballs out of control. It's teenagers, man. They're so influenced by the social media. It's like now and they're like, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody get robbed for their AirPods. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that's probably that's probably happened a few times. But it's like it's just I don't know, man. Oh, let's get let's get to I work, mean, man. this let's, this let's, world has gone to shit, man. It's crazy, man. <laughs> the thing people people would that's rather crazy. do things for mm-hmm. the look of something than to actually make the 150. You know, people would rather be like, "Why well, look, I have AirPods, so I look like I have money." They'd rather look like they have money than go get, make go get money. It's just crazy, man. Yeah. Know, but uh know. Yeah, man. Let's 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 move on from mm. that. We're gonna jump into these good vibes, folks. Let's 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 bring the mood up a little bit. Yes, that's right, folks. Welcome to another good vibes segment. Uh, this week, friend, if you don't mind, I'm gonna go ahead and jump out there first. Okay. Uh, what I want to do is, I first I want to give a shout out to the Instagram account underscore Izzy dot underscore B. That is Isabel Bissio. Um, assuming that's Italian of some kind. Shout out to you, Isabel Bissio. Uh, she actually sent in a good vibe story, a personal one, which I encourage. I can't believe we've never done this before, but I encourage anyone. Uh, if you come across or a, a part of any kind of good vibe story that you want to share with us that, you know, we might read on the podcast, please do. Um, it's totally welcome. The DMs are totally open to those kind of things. But just don't let it be, you know, uh, I got off work early today, so good vibes me or, like, found a dollar in my jeans. <laughs> you know, like, let it be something really, you know, something something out of the ordinary happen to you, something, something that doesn't happen every day that really put a smile on your face. And, you know, we'll probably read it on the podcast. So uh, this is... You know, Isabel sent us this one in. <clears throat> so Isabel said, all right, so I lifeguard during the summer, and we have our regular kiddos that come in and swim every now and again. We play with them and stuff like that. There's one boy who's about nine, and he has autism. Every time he comes in, which is five out of seven days about, he swims around the basketball. He swims around with the basketball, asking if we'll play basketball with him in the pool. All the lifeguards, including me, would get into the would get off on their breaks and then go in the pool and play with them. Uh, but we get busy, so sometimes we we aren't able to play with him. But one day he swam up to a group. Of, he, one day he swam up to a group of boys who were about seventeen to. Well, she said seventeen to fifteen, but that may, feels weird to me. They were fifteen to seventeen, <laughs> uh, who were about fifteen to seventeen years old, who were attending a party, and he asked them if they would play basketball with him. And then all five of them dropped what they were doing and played with this little scrawny kid for about 20 minutes, and it was the happiest any of us had ever seen him. One guy even picked him up uh, and dunked on the other four of them, which is like, mm. <laughs> uh, in your face, the mm. four of you guys, uh, called that a barbecue chicken. Yeah. Uh, it was super sweet, and for the rest of the day, the nine-year-old boy was, super, was in a super good mood and was practicing his free throws. Make it to the league someday, you yep. know? So um, I just thought that was a really beautiful story. Um, it's, it's hilarious to me. I'd love to play basketball with some kid, but I'm incapacitated. I mm-hmm. won't be playing basketball with any kids in a pool for oh, some time. Stop but, it. Uh, but, I, you know, I think that's very sweet. Um, I th- thank you for sharing that, Isabel. Um, I think people should just I, – I, it makes me sad to think that that's not everybody's go-to mood. Like some people, you know, don't like people's kids coming up to them. Some people don't like to interact with kids. But I mean, you know, I, I interact with any kid that comes across my way, as long as they're not being dickish. You know, if the kid is just being jokey, jokey and playing around, want to throw a football back and forth, I'll get a couple throws off. One of my most shining moments, man. Another basketball moment. I try not to get choked up. Uh, I come home from work. Uh, we were living in a different house at the time. I come home from work 
there were kids, they were like six to seven, right? Or seven to six, as Isabel would say. Uh, <laughs> they were playing basketball. You know, you know, kids play basketball shitty. Uh, Player, uh, ball didn't hit the rim. You know, you know, I get out. I was probably legit, no lie. I was like 40 yards from them. So, you know, but they had dribbled away from, they got kind of mm-hmm. close to me. I was like, hey, let me get one. Got me the ball. I mean, I'm talking about this is beyond regulation. <laughs> I'm probably like 35 to 40 feet away from the rim. Like this Steph Curry range. Mm-hmm. And I, and they, they, you know, bounced past me the ball. Pulled up perfect form. Pulled up perfect form. All net. Walked in the house. Didn't celebrate. Didn't jump around. I know those kids were like, whoa. But it was. I know you was like, whoa. Oh shit! Yeah, you damn right I was. But I, but I played it off. I played it off. I, I hit. I shot it. When it went in, I was, you know, kept it in. And I was, all right, you guys. Hey, be safe now. When the street lights come on, go back in the house, okay? Oh, wow. And I walked in the house and I closed that door. <laughs> closed the door. <laughs> so I was, I was super excited, man. So you know, just those little moments of interacting with a kid, man, you could bring them a lot of joy, man. Uh, so I just thought that was a very sweet uh, story funny. for the good vibes. Uh, that was Isabel's good vibes that she wanted to share with all of you, uh, friend. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, my good vibes this week is about is about a university who was recycling their bubble wrap by offering it to their stressed out students. Oh, and this is the University of Bristol, which is I think is in the UK. Oh no, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, now I think this is twice I did. A good vibe about about you know college students. Yeah, stressed it's, out man. Yeah, need a safe I mean, space. it's I'm sure it's difficult. Me, I wouldn't be able to do it. That's why I didn't did it. That's why I didn't do it. That's why I dropped Facts. out. Facts. Just couldn't. You know, it's too much for me. So, and it wasn't for us, man. It just yeah. wasn't like I don't want people to ever think. Don't ever go to college for somebody else. Yeah. Don't ever do it. Don't go to college because your parents want you to go. Unless there's some circumstances like uh kids whose parents work at a college, mm. if you can get a free scholarship to the best school in your state, you kind of got to go try to get a business degree. At least you got to at least try. Yeah. But to just go put yourself in debt or put your parents in debt because, like, you think this is what they want you to do, but you have no desire doing it, it's not going to work out. It's like, I hate to compare it to this, but it's like being a drug addict. Like, you can't quit for somebody else. Mm-hmm. You got to quit for you. And if you quit, try to quit for somebody else, you're probably going to fail. Right. So that's a very extreme example because drug Addiction and college are not the same, but it is that same kind of mentality. Like you got to want it for yourself. Yeah. Uh, so it says, um, as a means of putting their plastic to good use, this university is offering bubble wrap to their students to help them de-stress. The stress relief packs are being handed out at Bristol University to help undergraduates fight exam nerves. Mm. The packets of bubble wrap come with instructions <laughs> for immediate stress relief. Pop three capsules every four to six hours as needed. I don't know if I could do that, man. That that bubble wrap popping is satisfying. Yeah. I don't know if I could just contain myself off three pops. Yeah, me either. Man, I'll take that thing, twist that whole thing up. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you really get into a groove, step on it. You pop it one? No. No. That's I'm not pop good. three to get that little no. bit of, get my edge off. <laughs> so it says, ironically, some students apparently became more stressed by the bubble wrap therapy's potential to cause plastic waste. Mmm. So the Bristol University Student Union soothed their anxieties by u- by ish- issuing a reassuring statement via the school's paper infogram saying that the bubble wrap was originally used to package new furniture for students uh, for the student union living room. So some people didn't, you know, agree with it, I guess. Yeah. Because they was it's using re- it. recycled in a yeah. sense. But um, that's you know that's Wait, my they're advice. giving it away right they're giving it away but okay. some people didn't like it because they was it was being used for something but they was taking it and then you know we're gonna use this for this this some yeah made up thing yeah 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 but so i i think i mean i think it's a good idea if it works does it work i mean yeah, i don't know that's the whole thing like <laughs> if it i wouldn't if if it doesn't work stop doing it because it sounds stupid yeah. right but if it does work if you can't tell somebody um if something's working, you can't tell somebody what what to do with it. You know, right. like if, if, if popping this bubble wrap brings me some kind of relief or joy or even just the thought of it being silly takes my mind off of the stress yeah. of testing, then it's working in some yeah. kind of sense. And if, you, yeah. if it helps you pass the, these exams, then I mean, stick with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like if it's not working, stop doing it. Right. Because it does sound pretty like wild and like yeah. experimental and super like something that uh, – a right-wing conservative person would be like, see, this is what's wrong with America now. Mm-hmm. Giving kids bubble wrap and safe spaces and you mm-hmm. can't say this and can't say that, it's like fuel for that <laughs> type of person. Uh, but if it's working, then fuck that person. Yeah. You know, like the it re- yeah, the reason why I did it is because 
you know, like you said, popping the bubbles is, you know, satisfying. It is. I'm not going <laughs> to That's what I mean. Like, right. I, it 100% is. Yeah. I haven't gotten anything with bubble wrap in it for some time. Some Amazon packages do. But I pop every bubble when I do get bubble wrap. It's oh, not yeah. like I'm just like, let me just throw this away. Like, yeah. I throw it I away, pop popped. That. A lot of what Amazon does now is they, they put those the like. big ones. Yeah. Those Stomp still. Oh. <laughs> So it's still satisfying, not as satisfying as the little dots, no. but it's still satisfying. I'm not just like, well, let me just kind of put these away conservative. I'm like, no, yeah. bow, 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 yeah. bow, you know. Do the eight stomping them things. Oh, yeah. Them on the floor. So it is, there is some satisfaction that you get from popping the air out of those things. So yeah. um, if it's working, keep it up, man. I don't, you know, who cares if it sounds silly or if people think some kind of way or whatever. People are going to say something any about something anyway. That's, yeah. that's the time we live in. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to find something stupid in everything. And that's just is it is is what it is. Yep. But um, I think that was a very um interesting good vibe story. And if it brings good vibes to those kids at those campuses, then good. So you know, uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, before we do, I want to mention one last time again. If anybody does you know have any kind of good vibes to things happen to them, please submit them to us. And we, yeah, friend, yeah, you see that? That's called uh, that's that's uh, catnip wine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got a little description. Only the best for my cat, you know. What's the what's the call? It's called Pino Pino Meow, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that Pino Meow. Uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, got distracted. If you guys got any good vibe stories, please send them in. And uh, what we're gonna do is, in honor of Missy Elliott being inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame, which she uh, so tremendously deserves. I think Missy Elliott is the most underrated female artist, maybe artist of our generation. She is innovated visually, innovated sonically. She is uh, a fantastic mus- musician, making beats, rapper, anything you could think of. And I don't think she gets the credit that she deserves and people kind of get fixated on Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. And they're great in their own right. But uh, um, Miss Yelly was able to make fantastic music without uh, talking about... Uh, Without not because she did, you know, Miss Yelly did talk about, about yeah, Miss Yelly did talk about some suggestive yeah. things, but the fact that she wasn't this traditional idea of beauty made it even more awesome. Where it was like mm-hmm. she wasn't selling sex, it was like no, I might not. It's it's even more confident in me to talk about mm-hmm. my ass because like people don't paint me like that. Yeah, keep your eyes on this, but don't don't don't. Yeah, yeah. So 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 um, as a matter of fact, it's, it's good that you mentioned uh, that because <laughs> what I want to do is I want to take us out with that Miss Yelly work it. <laughs> So uh, when we take uh, we're gonna take a quick break and we come back, it's time to talk about some fucked up shit. So stick around. time we recorded the first episode of the new year you went first so it is my turn to go first please sit back and allow you to tell me you my affirmative murder okay i'm ready uh this week my story is the story of sandra Cantu. she was okay. an eight-year-old girl so, oh wow mm-hmm. so here we go <clears throat> eight-year-old sandra Cantu lived in tracy california at orchard estate mobile home park with her mother, grandparents, and three older siblings. Mm-hmm. On March 27, 2009, she played at a friend's house until around 4 p.m. when she returned home. She left the mobile home saying that she was uh, going to play at another friend's house. Remember those days, just go out and play outside, come in the house real quick, get some drink, go back outside. All you know, day. All day. All day. You only came in the house because they made you. You, <laughs> you would stay out at night, too, if you could. Man. Uh, so uh, when she did not return for dinner, the family called the police at around 7.53 p.m. that night. Police located footage from a surveillance camera near the family home. The footage which showed Cassandra uh, crossing the street in front of her home before moving out of frame played on a national news station. 
A search of the mobile home complex was conducted without, res without results, and the FBI was called in to assist on the case. Over the course of the weekend, police dogs, ATVs, and a helicopter from the California Highway Patrol were brought in to search for Cassandra. A $22,000 reward was offered for information in the case, according mm. to police. I found a lot of similarities between this and the, and the, um, the story of the mm -hmm. girl who um, got out this year. Just some of the some of the statistics I found, and also the, that reward part is like this. This outcome was a little different, a lot more tragic. So it doesn't really matter where the money went. Uh, one early suspect was a local man who was witnessed kissing Cantu on the mouth two years earlier at a local swimming pool. Two so years she, when she was six. Well, two years prior to 2007. So wow. she was six years old. And some grown man mm. tried to kiss her at a pool. Gotta Gross. keep an eye on your kids, man. Like there's a lot of perverts out there, man. Uh, he was interviewed and cleared of any involvement. Cantu's body was found 10 days later when an irrigation pond underwent a routine draining mm. and a suitcase containing the body emerged. Mm. Cantu's autopsy revealed that she had been beaten and sexually assaulted with a foreign object before she was smothered. Wow. Her toxicology results showed that she had the presence of Xanax in her system. What? She got her doped up and beat her. She was eight. She was eight, so she didn't take them voluntarily. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, still. So, yeah. Uh, upon upon the remains being found, police became suspicious of a number of odd coincidences regarding a neighbor of the family. Melissa Huckabee, a 28-year-old Sunday school teacher, lived in the same mobile park as Cantu. Huckabee was born in Orange County, California. She also studied criminology at a community college before she and her daughter moved in with her grandparents at East Orchid Estate Mobile Park. She told police that Cantu often played with her daughter. On the day Cantu disappeared, Huckabee sent a text to Cantu's mother that said, tell the police that I had something stolen today around 4 p.m. Which is like, my kid's missing. Yeah. What? Are you, what? So I don't know if she meant like so like just to let them know that might be a clue. So like she tried to get involved in the case mm -hmm. as a helping, maybe is what I'm thinking. I can't really I'm trying to I'm trying to help her, I guess, where it's like, why would you text somebody that? Right. Tell the police something, somebody stole something. <laughs> so if it if it if they find it, it probably was the person that did it stole it and, and they and they dropped it there. I didn't drop it there. You know? Those are only, one of the only two scenarios I could think of. Mm -hmm. It's like she's saying Something was stolen from my house, so if you find it, somebody took it, or um, maybe that's a clue, and you know it might have been used in this. And since somebody stole it, it wasn't me. Either way, it's like what? What? Right. Uh. She. Oh yeah. Well, the, and so she said that, and then she said <laughs> after the uh, the she said somebody stole something for PM. She said, I don't know if that makes sense or not. Because it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> why would you, Why would you do it? Why would you send that? Uh. <laughs> The next day, a vigil was held. A vigil was held for Sandra. Melissa approached police and FBI agents to report that she had found a note on the ground. They reported she was very agitated, crying, and hyperventilating. The note stated, "Cantu locked in stolen suitcase, stolen was spelled wrong. Wow. Thrown in water at Bachetti Road and Whitehall Road." Signed witness. So this Who lady, that, Charlie Day, huh? Who wrote that, Charlie Day? Yeah, <laughs> spelled <laughs> stolen wrong. Signed witness. So uh, this woman who already had this weird text message go out goes up to the FBI people at the vigil, like, ah, I found this note on the ground. I don't really? know. It's crazy. Really? Like, uh, is this a clue? Maybe. And then it was like gibberish, and but not gibberish because that's exactly where she was. So it was very specific. Stolen was spelled wrong, and it was signed witness. Yeah. So it wasn't even signed like I'm the killer. It was like I'm a witness to this, but I don't want to be. In, I don't want people to know who my identity is. Yeah. But I'm a good. I'm a good guy. And as in situations like that, at that particular time, it's like, you know, the family was like, oh, we have a clue for my you know child. Uh -huh. So they're not thinking of well, maybe that was you. weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why? Wh what do you mean you found it on the ground? Where? You know. But it's like. 
it points them in a yeah. direction yeah. so they get but they come they always come back yeah. to uh-huh. it it's always you sitting somewhere and you're like Wait. it's a detective all of that shit it's a detective <laughs> making note of everything even if he isn't like reactive or she isn't reactive they're like okay so this woman found the note and she said she found it on the ground okay anyway let's go check out the location mm-hmm. they find something they don't find something might be a week might be five days they come to go back over the notes they're going over sitting and looking at that board with the wires and shit on it like Okay, so Melissa said she found a note. Let's go back and ask her more about that. And then you fall. In, what? No. In this first 48 moments. Yeah. You know, I said, I didn't say I found it. I said my husband found it. That's when you fuck up your story. Mm. And you get, you know you fucked up, though. Yeah, because you got to be able to control your emotions, too. Yeah, yeah. You know. Because I'd be like, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, no. Just pause everybody. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. Okay, let's, that note? Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean you found it on the <laughs> ground? You just found it on the ground? Uh, so uh, prior to the discovery of the body, Huckabee wasn't the prime suspect because mm. of her sex. This is where the, the statistics I found came come into play. In the case of non-family abductions and stereotypical kidnappings, a stereotypical kidnapping is somebody taking somebody more than 50 feet away from that, like more than 50 feet away from a location, like whatever the idea of, of kidnapping in somebody's mind, mm-hmm. that. So in the in that case... Uh, if it's if it's if it's non-family member abductions, eighty-six uh, percent of the perpetrators are male, okay, and the abducted children are predominantly female. Right. So whenever it's not a family member, eighty-six percent of the time the the perpetrator of the kidnapping is a the man, male. and it's most of the time a girl mm-hmm. or woman. The profile that the FBI experts assigned to the case was a white male age 25 to 40 or 40 mm. to 25 uh, with a criminal history of sexual assault or child pornography. So she was the Melissa Huckabee was the opposite of that, you know? Um, but you know, once again, man, these white males get white men, man, getting the short end of the stick, man. Yeah. Listen, I'm not saying y'all don't do fucked up shit, but whenever the super fucked up shit happens, it's like, it was probably a white dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably a white dude. But in this case, they were wrong. You know, statistics failed them. So um, Huckabee was interviewed on multiple occasions, but her, beha- but, her, but her behavior was assumed to be attention-seeking rather than evidence of involvement. After the body was found in the suitcase she had reported stolen, they began taking an even closer look at Huckabee's behavior. So she was found in the suitcase that she said something was stolen from her house. Mm-hmm. She was found in that. So that was stolen. Yeah. So they're like, is this your suitcase? Yeah, but like, I did. Somebody took it from my house. Right. Uh, the police got fur- got a further lead when a retired U.S. Marine and his wife noticed po- notified police that they spotted Melissa Huckabee and her SUV at the at the irrigation pond that uh, the young girl was found at uh, on their property at Bachetti Road and Whitehall Road, which is mm. what that what that note, note said. said. Right. Uh, between five thirty p.m. and six p.m. On the day Sandra disappeared, they reportedly recognized her on television and described her as distracted and hurried because uh, the husband and wife went up to her, you know, to kind of ask what she was doing around there. And she said, I just had to pee real quick. And that's what she said when they saw her, you know, all frantic or whatever. But then they saw her on the news and were like, that was the lady that was over by Whitehall Road and whatever hmm. road. Um, and she was acting all weird. Yeah. And then that's where they find the girl. So they piece and they pieced two, two and two together. And they call the police like, yeah, that woman that was on the news, she was over here, you know. So, uh, <clears throat> hold on. I'm recording, Cease. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got up the stairs. On April 10th, 2009, police arrested 28-year-old Melissa Huckabee and charged her with ki- with the kidnapping, rape, and murder of Cassandra Cantu. Mm. Uh the black Eddie Bauer suitcase that contained the body of Cantu belonged to Huckabee, who reported to have left it in her driveway on the day Cantu went missing. Mm. According to to the pathologist report, Cassandra had been strangled with a torn piece of cloth that had been knotted into a noose. The cause of death was determined to be homicidal asphyxiation. Some of Cassandra's injuries were also consistent with a rolling pin with a bent handle, and there were bloody smudges found inside of her church. The pathology report also revealed that the smudge on the rolling pin matched Sandra's blood. So when they said that she might have been uh, raped with a uh, foreign object, they believed that it was the rolling pin. 
which is like I mean when you said that it kind of points towards a female when you threw out the percentages I think like if it wasn't a why because women bake what no what are you saying because you said she was sexually assaulted right uh huh and but the percentages like was, was a guy, but it was like it was a foreign object, so it couldn't have been. Well, I mean, some guys are impotent. Yeah, but I mean, okay. it points this, towards this, this a turned female. It's turned into a more intelligent conversation. I thought you were trying to say something sexist, no. and that won't fly on this podcast, sir, because it's 2019. Men okay. bake too, specifically right. me. Bake what? Uh, Lorna Dunes. I don't even know what that is. You're damn right. You don't know because <clears throat> you don't bake. It's probably disgusting. Neanderthal. Another thing I bake is uh, disgusting. Yeah, sure. I will get back to my story now. I bet I could beat you in a race after this podcast. Wow. That was low. <laughs> that was low and we're going to move on. That was low and we're going to move on. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. That was good. Uh, Huckabee was indicted by a grand jury and charged in charges of kidnapping, murder, and rape in the death of Cantu. The prosecution subsequently announced the, that the death penalty would be sought at trial. However, as it always goes, uh, she pled guilty to the murder on May 10, 2010, which spared her from um, the possibility of a death penalty because she took a plea bargain. And all other charges were dropped as part of the plea deal. On June 14, 2010, Huckabee was sentenced to life in prison without parole for the crime. Why don't they just want to die? I wonder why. Well, because I feel like most people who are, you know, mentally unstable and are capable of murder are cowardice and um, really kind of arrogant in the sense. So it's like, I don't I'm scared to die, but also like, no, I don't want to die. I'd rather sit in jail than not be alive anymore. <laughs> you know, so I, um, in most cases, they always try to find some kind of plea deal, or I'll tell you where I'll tell you more of what happened mm. in exchange for taking death penalty off the table. So, you know, it's pretty typical with what always happens. But that was my affirmative murder this week: the story of Cassandra uh, Cantu. Hmm. And uh, there are no questions, Graham. Mm. I wonder if you can find that note. Like a like note. a like a photo of it? Yeah. <laughs> probably not. Probably was probably chicken scratch. Yeah, it's probably pure chicken scratch. She spelled uh she spelled stolen wrong, you know, which is like I guess she spelled it S T O L I N, which is like Lynn, I guess. But like That's not how I spell. But like how do you spell stole? You know? So it's like <laughs> just put it in on the end. Yeah, I don't know. It's like pretty stupid. Anyway, so uh, that was my affirmative murder. We're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, it's Rand's turn to close out the show. So stick around. All right, and we are back. Fran, I'm throwing the mic to you. My affirmative murder this week is the Mineral and Mineral Washington Murders. Mm. The Mineral Washington Murders dubbed by the media as the Tube Sock Killings. Oh. In a series of unsolved murders, you know, which I love. Yes. That occurred in the remote areas of Lewis and Pierce County, Washington. Near the near the remote community of Mineral Washington in 1985. Um, the murder cases were widely publicized and were featured on television series Unsolved Mysteries in 1989. Mm, good show. Yeah. So Harkins and Cooper. On August 10th, 1985, Stephen Harkins, who was 27, and his girlfriend Ruth Cooper, who was 42, left their Tacoma, Washington home for a weekend, a weekend camping trip at Tool Lake in, Ye- in Yelm, Pierce County. Mm. When the two did not return to their jobs at Tacoma Vacational School, the following Monday, their families reported them missing. Four days later, on August 14th, hikers passing through Pierce County found Harkins' body near a remote campsite. He had been shot in the head, mm. and his body, still in a sleeping bag, suggested that he had been murdered while sleeping. Damn. Nearby searchers also found Harkins and Cooper's pet dog, oh. who had been shot to death as well. Oh, come on, yeah. man. Yeah. Not the pupper. No. I mean, just let him run off. Well, sadly, you know, dog probably was loyal. Yeah. Fight. What is a dog going to do? I mean, a dog could bite the shit. I mean. I'm not defending. I'm talking, I don't think I'm, that's the saddest thing I've heard. Yeah, I'm talking about as far as, what are you going to tell the cops? But I'm, no, I'm saying the dog's going to put up a fight if you're hurting their owner. Bella will tear the fur off somebody if they come in here and shoot me. But you understand what I'm saying? No, it's not gonna. It's not gonna rat on you. But it's not about the rat, and it's like the dog <laughs> won't leave. 
the dog's not gonna run off. The dog's like, have you ever seen man? Look, I don't get teared up, man. But you watch those videos of people that get hurt yeah. and they gotta the get military, in the, am- the military in, ones and stuff. Oh, and they get stay by the casket yeah. or they gotta get in the ambulance the and the dog won't leave the ambulance, you know. Dog's not gonna leave you, run away. But what is a pup gonna do though? Like fight you till his last breath, man. I mean gosh, so sad. At that but time, no, yes, uh, t- to your point, yes, a dog can't talk, so they're not gonna right. talk to the police. <laughs> If that was your let them let them go. But they're Just not gonna go. go. You know what I mean? Let them do what they bite what you. They d- How you know the dog is gonna bite them? Come on, man. You know Cooper. I don't think they Jasper wouldn't uh, bite somebody for you. Hell no. No, your dog wouldn't bite somebody for no. you. No. My dog it. is playful, man. He's a big playful. But puppy. if somebody come in there and start jacking y'all up, you're not the, just gonna keep playing. He don't do that for me. He do that for. The girls don't do that for me. Oh, well, then <laughs> your dog doesn't respect you. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know. Whatever. I thought they were playing when he Bro. gave a black eye. Bro. Look at me. <laughs> Whatever. So, um, yeah, at that time, law enforcement sus- suspected that the case may have been connected to the murders of Edwin Smith and Kimberly Diane Levine, a couple from Kent, Washington, who were abducted, murdered, and disposed of a gravel pit near Columbia River in March 1985. Mm. On October 26, a skull was found at the at the dead end of Eighth Avenue, Eighth Avenue South, near Hart's Lake, about 1.5 miles from the Harkins, from where the Harkins body was found. Dental records confirmed that the skull belonged to Cooper. And two days later, on October 28, her body and her purse were also recovered from the area 50 feet from where her skull had been found. Mm. This is her head. Yeah. Thanks. Um. So a tube sock had been tied around Cooper's neck. According to autopsy, Cooper had died from homicidal violence. Mm. Through a spokesman later stated she had died of a gunshot wound to the abdomen. After the discovery of Cooper, the murders were publicized by Crime Stoppers in an attempt to recover information leading to the arrest of those responsible. Mm. I hear that's so painful getting shot in the stomach. I mean, I would imagine getting shot anywhere is painful, but like specifically, they say getting shot. Is it a high chance of dying? Oh, for sure. I mean, well, even if it's not dying, it's like the the critical damage that it does because tearing up your stomach and, mm. you know, hitting it's more of a chance of hitting vital organs. And if at the very least, you know, you might have to end up with a colostomy bag. and all that oh. stuff. It's just very painful. You know what creeps me out when I think about it when we talk about these murders and stuff and then it goes on um, Crime Stoppers, it goes on the news, whatever. Mm-hmm. I always picture the person watching it on TV themselves or just a show themselves oh like they survive and they watch it? no 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 the person that the the killer oh yeah that's oh they probably get off on that if they always think uh, like an unsolved show yeah anything or if it's on the news if it's like happened like you know i'm saying like they haven't been caught yet right oh yeah for sure i'm sure that creeps me out they they just sitting there watching that that, like you know so many stories that we've done where it's like uh you know, name name me this, or I wanted to be this. It's a lot of That's some crazy. of the, every every kind of killer. There's at least some kind of portion of like tension or some kind of gratification from it. So yeah, being on the news is probably like, especially in today's society. Like, yeah, everybody does everything for attention. So if you kill people, probably a part of why you did it is for attention. That's just crazy. Like you watch the news, like yeah, that was me. That was me. That was my work. That's my work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, so over a month after the discovery of Ruth Cooper, on December 12, 1985, Mike Reimer, who was 36, and his girlfriend, Diane, Diana Robertson, who was 21, and it's a big age, yeah. uh, and their daughter, Crystal... What was the age difference again? 36 and 21. And they have a kid together? Yeah. Okay. Daughter, Crystal Lewis Robertson, who was two, traveled from their Tacoma home to Pierce County, planning to find a Christmas tree near Nesquilly River. I mean... A family event. Yeah, um, not in love with the age difference, but they're both legal yeah. adults. Um, you know, maybe she was a person who likes financial security, so she wanted to be with somebody who already had their shit together. That's nothing. That's not a shot when I say that either. That's not. I don't mean like a gold digger. I just mean like somebody who didn't want to. She might have been twenty one, but she's mature for her age. Yeah. She's like I don't want to deal with some other kid who we try to build. So I want somebody who's already there. Yeah. And you know, so you know, but you know, it is. It is what it is. Rhymer, an animal trapper. <clears throat> I mean, no, I'm not. An gonna, animal I'm trapper. Not even gonna say what? I, yeah, <laughs> like a, an. Is that like a? Do you think that's like a uh, like a person like a what do they call that like a um, 
animal like an control. Extermin- yeah, animal control, exterminator, an animal trapper. But I mean, you said security, so you know. But also, but it's, I'm not. It's, I'm it's not. Up in, it's up in those mountains, though. So the trapping could be like a uh, taxidermy. Okay, I'm not going to, you know, uh, talk about nobody's uh, occupation, but you know. But see, you're thinking of like here, up in those mountains in Washington. If it is what I think it is, like animal trapping, like turning up the furs, they all wear like fur up in the mountains of Washington. Okay, white, white people no. love, you know, animal taxidermy and having deers in their room and shit like that. That's that's a lucrative business up there. All right. And the cost of living is low. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't know. I thought I was planning on here, you know, he's a lawyer or something. But, you know, that's just me. Little, little big city folk shit. Oh, this, is, <laughs> this is Washington, man. I catch animals with my bare hands and take their skin off. Doesn't sound attractive. Um, where was I? Oh, Reimer. Nestle Quick River. An animal trapper. Also planned to check on traps. <clears throat> he planned to check on his traps. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's literally. He has set in that area. Literally traps animal calves wrong. Yep. Just literally traps them. Okay. I mean, this is the big. Yeah, I don't know if it's the big ones that you got to step in the middle of them. Oh, the like in the cl- Oh, I hope not. What if it's those? Mm. Snatch your whole foot. Yeah. That's like what happened to me. Uh, So later that evening, customers at the Kmart, you know, the not good old Kmart. Walmart. Not even oh, Walmart. Kmart. Wow. Uh, at the Kmart store 30 miles north of Spanaway found the couple's daughter, Crystal, standing outside the store entrance. So she was alone. Oh. Crystal was placed in temporary foster care until her maternal grandmother saw her ph- uh, photograph on a local news broadcast two days later. When asked where her mother was, the day's two-year-old told her grandmother that her mommy was in the trees. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is Whoa, that's mysterious. Yeah. Uh, according to investigators, the two-year-old was not was not nearly verbal enough to provide any information. She's two, so you know. She's in my mommy's in the trees. Yeah. Um, police wow. searched the area both on foot and by air, looking for evidence of Reimer of Reimer's red nineteen eighty two Plymouth pickup truck. Both efforts remain fruitless. On February eighteenth, nineteen eighty six, over two months after the couple's disappearance, the body of Diane Robertson was discovered half buried in snow by a motorist near a logging road of a Washington State Route 7 in Mineral. Mm. The bloodhounds searched the area in the following days, but six inches of snowfall impeded the search. Reimer's pickup truck was also found near Robinson's body. In the truck, police discovered a note on the dashboard that read, I love you, Diana. It was written on a manila envelope when I was young, I always say vanilla envelope. Vanilla? Yeah. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on with your story, though. <laughs> I mean, I just thought I'd, I'd share that, but I, I didn't call me dumb. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> Robinson's mother claimed the, hand, the handwriting was, was that of Reimer. Bloodstains were also found on the seat of the truck. Mm. An autopsy revealed that Diana Robinson had been stabbed 17 times. Oh, God. And, as with Ruth Cooper, was also found with a tube sock tied around her neck. Do you think Dude, the kid was around for this? I don't know. Uh, then that mean they would have to take her back to the Kmart? Yeah, afterwards. That's weird. Just drop off at the Kmart? I just would be really offended that they didn't drop her off at a... That's like the red-headed stepchild of Mart's. Kmart? Yeah. It goes, Walmart... Maybe quick. This was in the 80s. Oh, Walmart hadn't taken over the, con- I don't the conglomerate think so, yeah. of Walmart wasn't in, in, in town yet? No. Oh, K- Kmart still had you know still had some, some strength. Yeah, the Big K. Walmart Walmart took everybody out. Well, okay. Was well, it Big mind. K yet? No, Big K was their last-ditch effort to yeah. try to stay relevant. The Big K, yeah. Yeah, to make them. We're a bigger store. We sell as much stuff as Walmart because we big, we're bigger now. But you didn't sell groceries. That's where you fucked up. Uh, due to Rhymer's disappearance, investigators believe that he may have been responsible for Robert's murder. So they found her, but they don't know where he at. Um, but they found a note that said, I love you, Diana, right? Yeah. That's, so he's saying he might have something to do yeah, with her murder. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Um, and had abandoned his daughter at the Kmart store, then subsequently fled. Um, police theorized that Rhymer may have been responsible for Harkins and Cooper, so they think he did he did all oh, of so these. Oh, so he might... They, might yeah. have stumbled upon the killer of everybody. Yeah, uh, Cooper's murder as well. 
An alternate theory, however, claimed that Reimer was also a victim of the same killer who had murdered Robertson, Harkins, and Cooper. Mm. So now anything, either he did it or somebody that killed. They just haven't found his body. Yet. Right. So in February 1986, after the discovery, discovery of Robertson's body, the Seattle Post-Intelligencer okay, published an article revealing that Reimer had been charged with domestic assault against Robertson on October 19, 1985. Mm. However, the couple had reconciled by December and yeah, they reconciled by December, the month in which they disappeared. Tried to pull the skeletons out of the closet on them. Yeah. Damn. See how you see how the narrative can get painted when you're not around to defend yourself? Yeah. Also, That's when you crazy. got some charges against you. Yeah, for sure. But like, you know, it, and I'm not saying that he's right. And we don't know what the domestic violence was. But mm-hmm. like, they got back together. That's their business. I mean, I guess, you know, when somebody's dead, you got to try to connect the dots. But, like, you don't get to come out and be like, no, it was like we got in an argument and she just called the police. It's not what it sounds like. Yeah. Because that sounds crazy. She's dead. You domestic violenced her, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're not around to say to clear it up. It's like, oh, well, then, of course he did it. Right. So, Rama, who was who worked as a roofer at Seattle's Queen City Sheet Metal and Roofing Seattle Sheet Metal and Roofing Incorporation was discovered by his employer as a typical roofer who worked hard and played harder. Oh, that's like the douchiest. That's always that always is like the douchiest, nastiest thing. People say, like, I work hard so I can play even harder. It's always something like a fuckboy said that. Yeah, I mean, swag. Yeah. Don't say it. Not around me anymore. Yeah, it's not a good phrase. You clown. Yeah. I work hard, but I play even harder. <laughs> Will Guitar. Guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Shut that shit up. Yeah, fuck out of here. <laughs> so, on March 26, 2011. Oh, wow. So, this is a huge. Big I gap. mean, goddamn. That's 95, 2005. I was 16. What, 16 years? Yep. So, the little girl's an adult now? Yeah. Oh, wow. Hikers discovered a partial human skull later determined to be Mike Reimer. Wow. It was found in an area within a mile radius of where Robinson's body had been discovered in 1986. So they were right. They were right by each other, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, a mile. But you know, she was buried in the snow. He, they. I mean, he probably just you know, just buried even further under the yeah. snow. I guess. After recovering of the skull, Lewis County investigators stated that they believe Reimer could have been a possible victim of a homicide as well, though his cause of death could not be determined. Based on the condition of the skull, however, authorities were able to rule out a gunshot, mm. a gunshot wound to the head. So now he's definitely considered a victim. That's yeah. got to be crazy to the daughter because she might have been spending the last 20 years hating her dad. Yeah. That's crazy. But I'm, he was in the same, that's crazy, in the same area and they didn't even. He's right there, couldn't find him. Yeah, so this was an unsolved case. It is on Unsolved Mysteries. Um. I might have to check that out. I didn't even look at it. But yeah. Damn. That is a long time for... Forensics, man. That's crazy. Forensics has changed everything. But I mean, I guess the fact I guess after a while, something just comes him. up. I mean, I, how does that pop up you almost know, 20 years what ago? What happened is somebody was out hiking, found a skull, and they're like, oh, shit, a skull. And call the police. Police find the skull. They're lucky, like, it wasn't a kid. Yeah. Like a kid in those mountains might be like, ah, skull, scrap, step on it, some him. dumb shit. But an adult found it and might have called the police. Or maybe like a mountain ranger, somebody mm-hmm. with who is a cop, found it and left it and uh, cut the scene off so that, you know, the right people could come and they get their DNA swabs and they were able to identify the person, you know? Oh, it's just a patch. They just didn't, they just yeah, missed. Yeah, they just, they just missed and maybe the snow melted or, oh, you that's know, crazy. rain unearthed it or something like that, you know? It's just crazy. Luck of the draw. It took and 20 years. And that guy got away, whoever it is. Whoever it is, oh, it's still unsolved. But okay. it's possible that they got away that time, went and tried to do it somewhere else, got killed, went to jail, finally got caught, but only got caught for... You know I mean? People are probably in jail for one murder, but killed more people. Yeah. It's I think about that a lot, where you just got caught, where they're like, this this serial killer, the BTK killer, da-da-da-da-da, mm-hmm. they might have got caught. Yeah. They might just be in jail for one, you know? They got caught. They This one person, they, they got caught this time, not the other seven, and now they're in jail for life off one murder. But they got the secrets, you know, in, yeah. in their head. I mean, not to be, like, jokey, but what if they were killed by an animal? Who? All of them. They whoa. The mountains whoa, stuff. whoa. What is this theory you're saying? All the people in this unsolved mystery, what if they yeah. were all killed by an animal? 
something crazy like Bigfoot or something. Well, if big did Bigfoot have a Glock? Didn't he shoot the dog? Mm-hmm. Bigfoot had the blicky on him. That's what they said. That's what who said? That's what they said in the story. That Bigfoot. Ha- what? No, that the dog was shot. <laughs> I missed the part in the story where Bigfoot had a gun. All right, man. Uh, this has gone off the rails. Uh, just saying. Uh, <laughs> you are just saying. I don't rule yeah, out you, anything, man. You you should probably rule that out, though. I don't. I never want to discourage your creative thinking, mm-hmm. but that probably is not very likely. So you but, don't believe in BF? BF? Yeah. Um. No, I don't believe in BF. Uh, right. It's not really a, a conspiracy I subscribe to, man. Uh, you know, um, no, I don't believe in Bigfoot. Do you? Maybe. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, I'm going <laughs> to give you a break this week. There's no, uh, there's no a frazzle friend this week. I'm going to catch you when you least expect yeah, it. Yeah, you're lucky. I'm lucky. Not right? really. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to catch you when you least expect it. Uh, but um, Sorry. Uh, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner and true crime friend, So Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park